Hello and welcome to Prince Track by Track. I am your host Darren and today we're going to be talking about Slow Love from Sign of the Times, recorded on the 4th of June at the uh, Gaplin Boulevard home studio in Shanhassen. Uh, that was the place where Prince stored most of the equipment that would eventually become the studio at uh, Paisley Park, uh, bef- while Paisley Park was still being built. Um, so there are not many tracks were recorded uh, at that place, but th- you know there were a handful uh, around this time, just before uh, uh, Prince went off to uh, to France to, re- to film Under the Cherry Moon. And I mean, we're one album on, and I'm still talking about Under the Cherry Moon. But uh, and this was released <laughs> on the just 30th won't go of March, away, will it? <laughs> no, we can't. We can't get away from it. Uh, on the track, you have Prince, uh, you have Wendy and Lisa with their backing vocals, and of course, you have the extremely distinctive. Um, trumpet and saxophone of Atlanta Bliss and Eric Leeds, and there is only a very light touch of some Claire Fisher strings in there. Uh, they don't, you know, kind of overwhelm the song. Uh, joining me to talk about this is Russell Irick. Hello, Russell. Hi. I think it's fairly clear that this track is a ballad. Uh, I don't think there's any kind of dispute about that. No, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Prince kind of very clearly, I mean, the, like the, the title itself kind of gives away that it's a bit of a love ballad. Um, but it's just like it's such a I mean I love this song so much I feel like it's going to be hard for me to kind of uh, adequately put into words um, everything I feel about this song but it's just what it's literally out of like all of Prince's um, I don't know what 400 something songs uh, this is easily one of the top five Prince songs for me Um, and it in no part due to the fact that you have those gorgeous horns I mean Atlanta Bliss you know was a friend of Eric Leeds Eric Leeds had been brought in by Prince um, his brother, Alan Leeds, was actually Prince's tour manager um, from like 82 through to 92, I think. Um, so he was in charge of all of Prince's tours, um, you know, uh, put in place by Warner Brothers. Eric Leeds was his brother and he, you know, met with Prince. Um, Prince wanted a saxophonist. He'd already actually used a saxophonist um, called Eddie M, who had worked with Sheila E. Um, but Eric Leeds you know, he just kind of took Prince to a, a kind of a different level and he kind of instinctively knew what Prince wanted when it came to, um, you know, horn parts. And he would he would write, um, you know, kind of in conjunction with Prince, he would write a lot of uh, the, the parts and then, you know, he would he would have Atlanta, you know, play the stuff, uh, you know, that he wrote. So, you know, any kind of horn parts from here through to about 91, uh, they were all mostly written by Eric and then he would the song is you know it's you've got like a gentle kind of um, uh, a drum and there's a little tiny bit of piano in there you can kind of hear the bass a little bit um, and you know but mostly it is it is the horns and it is the the kind of drums that are the kind of backbone of the song I mean uh, obviously uh, Russell we discussed this before but you're not yourself a Prince fan no 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 <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am, like I said last time, I, I feel I am a casual Prince fan. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a diehard, but you know, I, I like, I like the purple one and, uh, I did not know this song though. So I guess that, you know, I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on, on hearing it for the first time, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So this one, so the last two I listened to were, were maybe not so successful for me. I, I was not as big of a fan and this one, when I saw the name, I was just like, I was a little worried because I think. I think I, I tend to gravitate towards your your funkier prints um, and uh, the, maybe the poppier stuff too. And so like a song called Slow Love just sounds like it's maybe not going to be up my alley. But I really, really love this song. And it it pretty quickly got to me too. I think I was I was pretty on board right away. Like 
there's something sort of doo-woppy about it. It's got these yeah. like um it, it just um the instrumentation of it. There's like these little uh I don't even know. I, I I wrote in my notes. I just called them twinkles because I don't know what kind of <laughs> instrument it is. Or, you know, some uh, not probably not a xylophone, but something in that. You know, I'm imagining something that is being hit with a, a little mallet or something that's just making these beautiful little twinkles that are are perfect. Um, yeah. So I I just I yeah it it works for me really really well. I I really liked it a, a whole lot. You know, I I think the thing is as well is like um for me i i mean i love the horns uh mostly because i play saxophone myself um and you know seeing eric leeds was one of the reasons why i wanted to play saxophone oh despite the fact that he plays tenor and i play alto but just like you know the the kind of the way he makes the instrument sing was just one of the things you know around the time when i started playing saxophone where i was like that's you know that's what i want to be able to do um, I don't think I ever reached that point, but you know, it was it was aspirational at the time. Um, but you know, just like Prince's vocals as well are so kind of like um, kind of delicate, yeah. I guess would be how I put it. And you know, obviously, you know, in a love ballad, you don't you don't want things to kind of be too heavy or whatever. But generally, Prince, when it's come to his ballads, he's tended just to go straight for the falsetto, um, <laughs> you know, and kind well, he, of he builds up to it in this one. Yeah, but so so it's just the fact that you know this is like um, what we're talking like ten years after he recorded his debut, and he's he's come so far, and this song is so different to anything he would have ever done, you know, in his first few albums, mm-hmm. and it's just like kind of you know that just the, the way he sings the opening lines, kind of in his lower register, he's like. Young is the night. It feels so right. And then he kind of gradually, you know, he's, I think each time he's going up around a fifth in terms of the range. So he's then, you know, when it's like now that you're mine, it's slightly higher. And then it's like, let's take our time. And I just I love the kind of the swing that's in when he sings The Man in the Moon is Smiling because the song is just kind of like bouncing along behind that. Um, and then when he says, for he knows where I'm dreaming of, and he kind of, he, as he goes down, you know, gets kind of back down to the lower registers to sing Tonight is the Night for Making, and then he kind of goes up a little bit for Slow Love. And it's just, everything about it is just so perfect, like how the kind of the instruments follow him kind of up and down. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's interestingly, you know, it's it's in a major key, but there are so many kind of minor chords. Even when he's singing like The Man in the Moon is Smiling, you'd think that'd be like a happy line. But there's so many minor chords underneath stuff like that that it kind of makes it feel a bit melancholy, yeah. and you know it's just uh, it's just so perfect. I just I just love it. Just it's just so there's not very many lyrics in the song, but you know the way that they're sung is just so perfect, and just the way he sa- he sings the gentle breeze, and then you know it blows with ease, and the kind of the saxophone is constantly counterpointing. So whenever he sings lines, you get little kind of saxophone fills here and there, and you know when he says let's make it slow just like the wind that blows i mean it's such a sexy song <laughs> yeah how i mean i don't know how you could resist him you know that's the thing yeah. i mean it's that's just what I, I i mean the the more i listen to it i mean obviously like you know when you it's called slow love you are in for a, a sexy good time <laughs> with prince but like man he has made just like the sexiest song i really i i think you know the whole premise of the song is like we're gonna take our time baby we're not gonna rush this (laughs) and then um 
you know, the song itself really delivers on that in so many ways in that it's like this constant buildup, you know, yeah. and you're kind of like waiting for this sort of climax of the song. And it's it's all about delayed gratification, basically. And the, the, it is like musically delayed gratif gratification, too, because it just stretches <laughs> it out until like the last minute, basically, you know, it, the... I was thinking a lot, and this maybe is going to sound really corny or, I don't know, over like too heady or something, but like one of the things it makes me think about is um, the opera uh, Tristan und Isolde by Wagner. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And the, the way that it also sort of like delays gratification and, and sort of uses like things that sort of don't resolve until like really late. I mean, that opera does it like, you know, four hours in or something. <laughs> Prince doesn't go that crazy with it. But like the, to me, and I am not a musician or really, I have no actual knowledge of music theory. So this is me just sort of like armchair, like guessing at how this works. But there's something about the like, that like yeah. you kind of, he's bringing you up and you're sort of waiting to be kind of brought down a little bit or, you know, and then you kind of, ex he keeps doing it each time. He keeps taking you higher and higher and he lets it just hang there until like slow love. But like that's sort of the moment <laughs> it feels like it finally kind of resolves to me is on like that line, slow love. So it's like, yeah, I think another musician might have let us off the hook a little faster, maybe, but it, it makes it a thrilling, thrilling song for me because of that. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the keys in the keys in F and the the, the points you're talking about where it keeps getting higher, it does mm -hmm. keep going up to C, which is is the um, is the fifth in that scale. So that, that kind of you expect once you get to that point that you resolve back to the to the first chord. So you expected it to resolve back to F, but he keeps holding off from that resolution until, like you say, he does get to the chorus. And that's when he goes, that's when he resolves back to the, the kind of the, the major key. And that's when you, that's when you kind of know, um, you know, that he's kind of, it's the end of the phrase, but yeah, up until that point, each of the chords keep kind of climbing and going in different directions. They keep kind of changing to minors. And before, before you realize it, you're kind of, you haven't you read up you don't realize it kind of instinctually but you're like this needs to resolve at some point it can't keep yeah getting this high when you sing in you know uh let's make it last forever and underneath you have the kind of the pup 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 pu kind of like out of nowhere these kind of like little kind of pulsing chords come in you know when he's saying for a hundred times just won't be enough and then of course he, he says tonight is the night for making Slow, slow love, love. And, <laughs> and whenever he performs it live he would always kind of delay singing the words slow love as well so oh, he would that's really so good kind of, yeah and you know it, it's it's you know the, the chorus obviously just has slow love and then so much better when we take it easy and you know so much better when we take our time time and, you know it's just it's just so it's just so perfectly you know the song itself is sung about prince's girlfriend at the time Susanna. And, you know, you really feel that when he's singing the words, love's in your eyes, eyes never lie. Don't rush the feeling. You've got me reeling. You do feel that he is, this isn't just like a, you know, in the early days you would have Prince ballads that were kind of sung just in generally to to some, to like anyone. Right. Anyone who's around who would be willing to have sex with him. But this <laughs> song really feels like it's directed at a specific person. You can really feel that in the way he's delivering the vocals, you know. It's like, you know, when he's saying, you know, you've got me reeling. Um, and at that point, the kind of the trumpet and the saxophone kind of 
mimic what he's singing. They start going, like kind of as if they're kind of making him go around and around. And it's just, you know, it's so beautifully constructed. Even if the next line is, you can see through race car drivers, which just, just, I don't know what that means. But <laughs> Yeah, that line's a little, a little bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I don't care because at that point, you know, Prince just says, let me show you what I'm made of. Again, this is like this is something that's happened in other Prince ballads where he hasn't like boasted about how good he is. He's boasted about how good he will be and how you know he's go- he's going to do that with the other person. And it's not just about him; it's about him doing something for the other person. So the fact that he's saying, "Let me show you what I'm made of," you know, tonight is the night for making still love. Um, you know, it's I, I don't know. It's just so perfect. I, it's what it's uh, it's just why it's one of my favorite songs. You know, from Prince is just because. You know, the way the like the way he sings the song, you know, the the kind of construction of it, you know, the way the horns are constantly kind of like counterpointing him, and then we get, you know, like a, a, a short solo from Eric Leeds, um, you know, and, and the strings as well, that they're, they're not like heavy, but occasionally you'll catch them and you'll you'll suddenly hear them kind of just doing a slight glissando here and there, and it just kind of, you know, builds the song up a little bit and you know, there's no there's no kind of like heavy piano or guitar or anything in this it's just mostly the percussion with the horns and just a light bit of strings and it's you know prince was kind of known for uh, you know in the early days doing practically everything on synthesizers yeah and by this point he's really using the live instruments to his advantage you know and obviously you know you've got lovely backing vocals from um you know wendy and lisa um kind of you know rounding out the sound there you know there's always the temptation particularly on this album because prince recorded a lot of it by himself there's always the temptation for prince to do his own backing vocals but (laughs) i feel like having wendy and lisa you know doing the backing vocals really helps because you know if you're going to have a ballad it's it's nice to have a a kind of a female voice in there just to counterpoint uh you know the male voice um yeah, you mentioned the strings. I I honestly didn't. I mean, when you were talking about them, I couldn't even remember strings in this song. So that's how subtle they are. I I've listened to it a lot, and I have no memory of strings in it. So, <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I I've heard this song. I'm gonna say conservatively about a thousand times. So, I just each time I'm always listening for something different, and so yeah. sometimes I just be like, oh, where there? I know the strings. Let's just, let's listen out and see where they are. And yeah. they're just when he when he sings the lines. Um, your love's in your eyes there's a little tiny bit of strings there you know and when you get the echo of in your eyes from wendy and lisa you can kind of just hear the strings under that little part Um, but yeah they're not heavy it's not like there's other tracks on this album that have a lot a lot of strings all over them um but yeah they're just it's just so like the whole song feels so effortless you know it it, yeah like it's not like he's trying he's not he's not showing off or anything he's just you know, he's just putting he's put, just putting out there the thoughts that he has, which is tonight is the night for making slow love, and then he's just kind of building up to that and kind of, and it's just it's so perfectly executed. I I'm surprised that for a song that is sort of so I don't know seemingly simple at first, it, it definitely though was stuck in my head for quite a while. Like I I was walking around with this song playing in my head like 24 seven for a few days like this was just playing on repeat. And then I would have to go listen to it to like, get it out. I'm like, oh, I got to listen to slow love. It's all I, all I can think about right now. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is as well, like if I'd have been Warner brothers, um, you know, in 1987, uh, and Prince hadn't been insistent on basically as soon as this album was finished recording another album, um, something which we'll talk about sometime next year because he, he then scrapped that album. Um, and recorded another one in the space of a week. So 
you know, if he wasn't so intent on putting so much material out, I, I would have, you know, there was only, I think, four singles off this album, uh, which sounds like a lot, but, you know, there were like four singles off Parade and that that had like four less tracks. I'm surprised that something like Slow Love wasn't a single because I feel like, you know, but, you know, there were radio stations that would kind of play this kind of love ballad, um, you know, all the time. Um you know, from particularly from other groups like in the nineties, uh, vocal outfits with with more than one man, should I say? Um, <laughs> and you know that kind of like close harmony stuff. I feel that this would kind of fit with that genre, you know, of of kind of like uh, you know R and B kind of like love songs. Um, so it's it's kind of weird that they didn't. Re- just saying that there's like eight tracks off this album that I think probably could have been really good singles that were never released as singles. But this just feels like something that would really fit that kind of like, you know, uh, 10 o'clock bath time, uh, you know, like late night DJ, you know, I mean, you know, maybe it was just too sexy for the airwaves. Yeah. You know, they didn't want, they didn't want people just ripping (laughs) off their clothes in the street, just like cars stopped on the highway, people making out constantly. They're like, look, Prince, you, you can't, we can't put this on the air. It's too sexy. It's too much. They've got, I mean, the fact that he called his next album Love Sexy just shows that, you know, he was clearly trying to get something out there. Um, yeah. So it's worth discussing the fact that this was co-written with um, a lady called Carol Davis. Um, now, this is going to be super weird, but to me, I remember her as Roxy from Mannequin. She is uh, the girlfriend who dumps Andrew McCarthy and then he gets together with Kim Cattrall, who, you know, is a mannequin of the title. Uh, so that's where I know her from. So it's such a weird thing that she wrote a song with Prince. That's just the weirdest thing. But very big. If, if I'm, I, if she has like a jacket with very large shoulders. In oh god, yeah, 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 huge shoulders, so sequined as well. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so she she co-wrote this with Prince. Um, you know, they kind of came up with the idea. He, she wasn't involved in any of production. Um, so when Prince recorded it in June 1986, it was just, you know, Prince and, and you know, his band. And then he sent it off to Claire Fisher. Essentially, she kind of um, unusually for a Prince song, she kept the kind of rights to be able to make her own version when she felt like it. And, you know, about three years later, she felt like it and <laughs> she made her own version, uh, which was produced by Nile Rogers from Chic. Um, okay. And I'm not going to say it's a terrible version because I don't think it is. I think it's a passable version. But it kind of misses, it doesn't have any horns in it, so it just misses the kind of the essential part of that. Um, you know, it's, it's the drums are very kind of like um, echoey and kind of very late 80s. And, you know, it just it just sounds like someone doing a bad cover version, which is, yeah. you know, it's not a bad cover version because she co-wrote the song. So this is just her version of, of that song. Um, but it just it just isn't even in the same league as uh, no it didn't it it certainly didn't do any di- didn't do anything for me i i was not impressed <laughs> and maybe i'm just so in love with the original it would be hard for me to ever accept anything else but um <laughs> yeah i was it, it's definitely has it feels much less special like you're saying it just is like yeah that's an 80s song you know if i heard yeah. it i would not think twice about it probably that's one which would not get people ripping off their clothes and nah. making babies my clothes Uh, stay firmly on when i hear that version (laughs) 
Maybe that would have been the antidote. Put out the Prince version, then put out the Carol Davis version. <laughs> Qu- quickly follow it up. That's the only <laughs> way society can handle slow love on the radio. <laughs> uh, yeah. So obviously this this was in the the Sign of the Times film. It's you know it's a really great version. There's a there's a little bit where Atlanta Bliss adds his own little kind of like trumpet intro to the song. Um, Prince at one point when he's singing. Um, he's singing like a, an exclamation and he, he's got his microphone and he, he sings and then he points it at Eric Leeds's, um, you know, the, the, the saxophone, which already has a, a mic on it. So he doesn't need Prince's mic, but just the fact that he points it himself and then he points at Eric Leeds and they basically both kind of make the same noise. Um, you know, that's like a nice little touch. Uh, Prince is dressed like head to toe in peach. Um, <laughs> and there's a, there's a storyline going through the sign of the times film, which is kind of between cat and, and um, Greg Brooks, I think, or Wally Safford. I can never remember who it is. Uh, and Prince. And there's like a kind of love triangle thing going on. And at the end of this song, he kind of looks at Kat, who's standing next to someone else, as if, you know, um, the song has been directed at her. And, you know, so that's a nice touch. But it's, I mean, um, you know, because it's live, it's slightly less produced. But, you know, it's still, the, the band are so great at that point. Like the the 87, 88 band was so good. Um, you know that it, it's 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 you know it's a really great kind of live version of it, um, and there's about like a minute of it featured in the Love Sexy live tour, um, which is mostly just a transition between two other songs, and they don't really do that much with it. Um, there were so many songs on the Love Sexy tour; <laughs> it went on for two hours, and it covered like thirty something songs. So not every song got more than like a minute's worth of kind of airtime. Um, but yeah, you know, um, oddly enough, though, Prince didn't, you know, after the kind of, um, you know, like the, the 89 tour, uh, which I believe was called the Nude Tour, um, Prince didn't really perform this song. He performed it for the Sign Times Love Sexy and then a little bit for the Nude Tour and then that was it. He, he stopped performing it, hmm. um, which, you know, I think was for the betterment of the world, because otherwise, if he'd have been touring this around the world, we would have just had a huge baby boom. And that exactly. Been, like, you know, like. There, there would be some, there'd be some like, you know, government man in an office somewhere with a map that's like filled with little pins that represent babies. And then like somebody finally puts it together. They like somebody who's walking by in the office with like a Prince tour t-shirt and they like see it and they connect the dots and they go, oh, that's what it is. Oh, I lo- if that film ever happened, I would just love that. If, <laughs> you know, if the entire film is like 90 minutes of this person being puzzled as to why there were these, all these mysterious baby booms, and then someone just walks by and goes, oh yeah, Prince was on tour. That would just be so perfect. Uh, I'm surprised Prince never made a film that had that as kind of like the main storyline, because that feels like something that he would have done. Um, yeah, but he would you know, ruin it. He would like cast well, himself as the detective, <laughs> you know, like he would, and he would not be very good at that. Like he would, he would totally like fail to recognize his own strengths. I feel like and think he could do everything, or you know, <laughs> he, I, I I don't have much confidence in him as a filmmaker to to handle this right. You know, he would he would get the tone all wrong or something. He just he wouldn't know how to make this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there, there was a version that was done in 1993, which um, used some of the stuff, f- basically used the same kind of recording from 1986, but uh, it had Maite's vocals added to it um, and was originally attended uh, to go on uh, Maite's uh, album, uh, Child of the Sun. Um, but obviously, you know, Prince didn't end up releasing that version. So uh, I don't know what a version would have sounded like, but... 
Um, I'm guessing probably not very good. <laughs> if Prince was just going to put Maite on what was already a perfect track, um, I, yeah. feel, I feel like that would have been a, that would have been a, a, a bad decision. Um, so um, I feel like it's a given, but I would say five out of five. Oh yeah, definitely, easily yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, well, I feel like we've said as much as we can possibly say. Oh, I, I would only just say to people, just go and listen to the song. Oh yeah, uh, you know. Because I don't feel like I can I can do it justice. With some Prince songs, I feel like I can discuss them enough that, you know, we get to the core of what the song is about. But with this, you just have to just listen to the song, you know. Yeah. Do that with do that with all of Sign of the Times. Just listen to Sign of the Times. <laughs> um, you know, that should be that should be like a life goal. Just always be listening to Sign of the Times. Um, you know. <laughs> uh, always. Uh, <laughs> just <laughs> Always. Yeah. Instead of like instead of ABC always be closing, ABS always be listening to Sign of the Times. Always be signing, that's what you- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, well then uh let's go to plugs. Uh Russell, you have anything you wish to plug? Sure. Uh my podcast is called Art Palace, uh produced by the Cincinnati Art Museum and we talk about art. Um you can follow me on uh, Instagram or Twitter at Russell Irig, two S's and two L's. And uh, I mean, it, you, my last name is crazy, so I don't even know if I should bother spelling it. <laughs> but you, you'll have it written here. Just look at it. Like I'll say it and you, it will immediately be erased from your memory as I spell it because it's a combination of letters that just don't make sense to most people. So <laughs> just read it. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you could email us, not sure where you would, at Prince track by track at gmail.com thanks very much for being my guest today russell my pleasure and otherwise goodbye